What is up? We are here. Episode 15. Recording attempt number three of the Laggy Podcast. Uh, I'm here with some people. We're finally here. My name's Caesar, aka Eface. And it's Just Dan. Just Dan. And I am Course of Rafe, aka the Esports Educator, aka War Dragon. Back to the original tag. Why am I back to the original tag, you ask? Because of Valorant, of course. Valorant is here. I have finally gotten a code. I can now <laughs> play the game. I am War Dragon. Hashtag NA1. The original. The one. The only. Uh, yeah, pretty excited about that. It, it took you forever. Mm -hmm. Like six different people. Yeah, and our group had two codes. Um, you were the last one. Yeah, I think I was the last one, which I said was going to happen. Except for maybe like Alex. I don't know if Alex still has a code. Um, it was pretty ridiculous. Yep, but mm -hmm. that's okay because I had I had accounts to play on. I played plenty of Valorant. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, the world. There's just so much happening right now. I know, right? So much How happening. We possibly cover everything that's going on. We can't. There's snow. My Fair it is snow. it is white outside my window. I, I haven't looked. I, I, I don't even want to look. I wanted to go on a bike ride or a run. And nope. Yep. The weather said not today. Um, I don't know how hard it is to ride a road bike in the snow like this, but. My guess was hard enough you for might me not die. to do it. Yeah, I might <laughs> die. Um, all right. Well, we got a few things to talk about today. The first one is kind of, it's kind of awkward, but I've had a few different people ask me these questions lately. So we're going to talk about it. Maybe it's because it's on mobile. Team fight tactics. Why am I not winning? Yes. Why, why am I not winning at this game? It seems so simple. Why, why is it that this simple game is beating me? First off, brand new patch for team fight tactics came out last night at approximately 10 15 PM my time. How do I know that I wasn't up playing the game? I definitely, <laughs> I definitely didn't play a game and then had to stop to patch an update and then play a game with a completely different setup. <laughs> that sounds um, horrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, also, <laughs> so they added, they added this new thing to the game, um, which they call chase traits. Um, which are like level three traits. So for instance, for a sorceress, uh, if you have two sorcerers, you get plus 20% spell damage to all of your characters. If you have four, you get plus, uh, I think it's like 40%. Um, now if you have eight, if you have eight sorcerers on your team, then you get 125% bonus spell damage to all of your characters 
Um, so stuff like that. Dark Star has a new one for like nine Dark Star units. Uh, every time a Dark Star unit dies, every one of your characters gets 45 plus 45 attack and spell damage. Um, these are really, really strong. Like, like really like dumb strong. For instance, the Blade Master one is probably the hardest one to get because you need nine Blade Masters. There's only seven Blade Masters in the game. So you either need to get a you need to get two separate blade master um, like items that that makes someone a blade master, um, but on top of that you have to have nine characters, which means you have to be fully leveled. I mean it's it's almost impossible to get to, but when you get to it, it gives all of your blade masters a one hundred percent chance to attack an additional two times every time they attack. So every one of their attacks is three attacks. Um, which, if you can't do the math in your head, it's disgusting. It's a lot <laughs> of damage. Um, especially for, like, your Kale, right? Like, Kale is a Blade Master. She does, like, AoE damage. It's a, it's a lot of damage. It's very disgusting. Um, so, yeah, they've added those things in there. It's, it's a very complex little game. And it comes off seeming so easy. But to answer the question, why, why am I not winning? I put the characters on the board. I, I do put the characters on the board. I build the items. I do well. I do and then the all of a sudden. All of a sudden, I do lose almost immediately. Yeah, Crazy. What, what is happening? And that is called the transition, right? So you have, as with, as with regular League of Legends, you have three phases to this game. You have early game, you have mid game, and you have late game. Oh. And in the early game... You lose very little when you lose a fight, right? You lose your character basing. So if you don't know, you lose HP when you lose a match based on a few things. One is the duration and level of the, the, level of the person you're playing against. So I believe you lose a point for each level that the person is. So if the person is level 9, you lose 9 points when you die, like when you lose a round. So if they're level two, you only lose two points. Not a big deal, right? I have 100 health or 125 if I'm playing medium-sized galaxy, right? Um, so I take two points from them. I also take a point for each character that's left alive based on their star level. So if you have like a three-star unit, I take three points. If it's a two-star unit, I take two points. And if it's a one-star unit, I take one point. So if I lose an early fight, I'm probably losing like two or three points. The upside to losing early fights is I get first grab on the carousel. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. You yeah. get to go first yeah. on the carousel. And that's huge because depending on the way that I'm trying to go with my build, item selection is incredibly important. And this is where most people make a big mistake. They look at the carousel and they go, what character do I want? Instead of thinking, what item do I want? Right? Take items off the carousel. Leave your character alone. I don't care what the character is. If you're looking at the same item, like I want a BF sword, take the most expensive unit. Whatever has okay. the most expensive unit. So if it's blue, purple, right? If I can sell it for three gold or four gold and get a BF sword, that's far more important than selling a unit for one gold. The only exception to this rule is if, you, for instance, you see like a Kale with a BF sword and you're building to a Kale build. Now I have a character I need and it has the item I want to put on it, right? Okay. 
that's the ideal situation, but that very rarely happens. So we always play to items. The second thing is knowing the best comps. Like I'm assuming you didn't, did you know that the patch came out yesterday? Uh, I did. I have an app. Cool. Same right. app I use for league. So, so, so you, you know the, like what they call the top comps then, right? Yes. <laughs> Although getting to them is a Right. So, okay. We, we won't talk about the new patch top comps, but we'll talk about the last patch, right? So yesterday there were three comps that have kind of just been dominating, right? There's three really specific, very strong comps. First one is cybernetic, right? You get your full cybernetic build. You slap an item on every one of them. They all get plus 800 health just for having an item on them and plus 80 damage. Your Aurelia and your Echo just dominate everything, right? And if you get a red buff on your Lucian, the enemy team's in a lot of trouble. This build has two characters on it that are not cybernetic. That's an Ezreal and a Shen. Shen gives you Blade Master 3, Ezreal gives you Blaster 2, and the two of them combined give you Chrono 2, which gives you additional attack speed um, throughout the fight. It's a very strong comp. Second comp is Mech Infiltrator. So you take mm. your mechs and your infiltrators. The infiltrators give you bonus attack speed. The mechs turn into a big, like, you know, Voltron at the beginning of the game. They're right. like, you know, it's a pretty powerful comp. Um, the biggest problem with that comp is you have to hyper roll it. You need three star units to make that comp work. You need a three star Shaco or a three star Kaisa. You need as much health as you can possibly get on the characters you have um, that turn into the big mech, um, which has been adjusted and slightly nerfed with the new patch. And then the third big comp that's really just been dominating is Star Guardian Sorcerer. Right. Right. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. It's a if lot. you if you can get a Syndra with uh like a cap on her and spell crit and like um some uh what is it? The uh I forget what it's called, but the scepter that bounces back mana gives you twenty mana after you spell cast. Syndra Seraphs? just Yeah, Seraphs. Syndra just essentially casts nonstop. She casts, she attacks, she casts, she attacks, she casts, she attacks, and her cast pretty much one shots anyone on the board. So yes. she, she just knocks someone out and then continues to knock someone out. And the whole purpose of the rest of the, the comp is just to provide her mana and stay alive. Like, that's it, right? So you comp the Star Guardians with your Soraka, and your Soraka just heals, and your Syndra just kills. Uh, and hopefully your Nico stuns key, key targets. So those three are really strong. Here's the problem. If you try to build one of those specifically at the beginning of the game, you are now playing a game of luck. Am I going to get the characters I want? That makes sense, right? That makes perfect sense, yes. You also have... It's a luck-based game. Yes, it makes it feel like a luck-based game. The second thing is, well, what items am I getting? Let's say you decide you're going to build Star Guardian Sorcerers, and all you get are recurve bows and BF swords. Well, that's great, but your sorcerers don't attack a whole lot. So the additional damage and attack speed that you've given them does very, very little for your comp that is made to blow people up with spells. Or you get a bunch of defensive units, and you don't have a single tank on the board. Um, well, I guess you have Poppy. So, But you don't even have Vanguard bonus. You don't have Mystic bonus. So it's very difficult to play that comp in that context. So if we try to what's called force the build... 
we kind of play at luck. Now it used to be easier to force builds in like the first iteration of TFT because they had very specific rules as to why you get characters. And so if nobody ever went it, for instance, Knights Rangers in the first iteration, nobody went Knights Rangers for a while. And uh, what is his name? Uh, K3 Soju used to just do it like that. He just used to force Knights Rangers all the time. And you watched him kind of climb to, you know, top 10 challenger because of that. Nowadays, it's a little different. The key is paying attention to the characters you're getting and the items you're getting earlier and leaving yourself open a, an ability to transition smoothly. So for instance, yesterday I played a game where I started with brawlers and, and, uh, blasters, right? I have a, I have an Ezreal, I have a Lucian, I have a Malphite and a um, Blitzcrank. I'm getting two Blaster, two Brawler, and two Chrono. I have a red buff on my Lucian, very strong starting build, right? But I also have the Ezreal and the Lucian to work towards Cybernetic. So on my board, I have those four characters, but I'm holding Fioras, I'm holding a Leona, I'm holding my cybernetics and waiting to see if I can get that. But in addition, I'm playing what I have on the board. So I have this strong early game blaster brawlers build. And when I begin to get more cybernetics, I can begin to transition. But if I just play cybernetics, I'm going to lose the mid game hard. Because until I get that full cybernetic bonus from having that echo, which I'm probably not going to get to like five, three, you know, late four, if I'm really lucky and have perfect eco and I've gotten a bunch of money, I'm not going to be able to pick up that, that full cybernetic bonus and I'm just going to get wiped. The same thing goes for mech infiltrator. If I don't have my mech, if I haven't gotten that fizz yet and I just have mechs and infiltrators on the board, I'm probably going to lose. So I can keep those mechs on my back line without putting them in the game and replace them with brawlers or vanguards or something that's going to hold up and take a lot of damage while my infiltrators pick at the back line. There are ways to transition to play strong into strong as opposed to playing either weak into strong or strong into weak. I see. It takes some time to get used to, um, but it's really about, you know, understanding when to buy and what to buy um, and how to transition. Dude, that's crazy. I made like a million assumptions apparently. So did I when I first started. I got so lucky in the first season of TFT for so many games. Like I was just landing what I wanted and it made me feel like I was just like, oh, I'm good at this. Then I got unlucky for a while and was like, okay, this game's just luck. And then I realized, oh my God, like, holy crap, I can transition. It's amazing. (laughs) So yeah, it's kind of like a long kind of 10 minute rant about TFT, but uh, I'm going to do another stream. So the Rough Riders eSports stream has a teaching stream up that talks about eco and transitioning. So if you're interested in TFT, that is on the Twitch right now. And I will be doing one more, maybe two more in the near future. So pay attention to our Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Rough Riders eSports. <laughs> yeah, that's my pitch. Just learned a lot. Okay. <clears throat> I'm about to be platinum. I'm like gold one and like 70, I think, 70 LP. Um, and I really only play it like maybe 
four to five hours a week. So I would climb a lot faster if I put some time in, but I just like playing it on my phone when like I'm sitting there it's watching TV. Yeah. It's just so nice. I could just sit there next to my wife and like, she's just like watching TV and we're like watching something that we've already seen, but it, like we like watching it. We're just sitting there and I'm like drinking a beer or sipping on some tea and playing a little TFT on my phone. Like it's really nice. I like the game for that reason. It's weird, man. TFT like <laughs> helps me understand the mobile game a bit better. Well, I I would argue that in my opinion, TFT is like if you play oh, I don't want to say real games. If you play games and you like and you look at mobile games and you're like, I don't know, this isn't a game. Right? TFT is the closest thing to like a game. Like for me, it's like this is awesome. I love this. It's the single best mobile game I've ever played. <clears throat> I don't know if that's what you meant. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. It's very interesting because I just never play games on my phone, but I would definitely play it all the time. So yeah. I have a free moment. Pull out your phone. It's right there. It's very convenient. There's one downside. The game is not one, like, it kind of feels like it's a game where you can do other stuff, but you really well, can't. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> right? Because, yeah, like, I thought you <clears throat> Caesar, you play Hearthstone, right? <clears throat> I do. You play Hearthstone on your phone? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I did too, right? You can definitely do other stuff while you're playing Hearthstone, right? On your phone? Yeah. yeah not on your phone, but like do other tasks. While I mean, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. for instance, you can like be in the kitchen cooking while playing Hearthstone. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I do that a lot. All the time, right? You can like <laughs> yeah. stop playing Hearthstone and wash your hands. And look at it and, and ha have the time to, like, wipe your hands off, dry them off, like, take something out of the, the cabinet. And then you can, like, deal with whatever you're doing in Hearthstone. TFT feels like it should be the same way, but it's not. You, like, go to do something else and you're like, oh, no, I need to buy that character. And, oh, my gosh, that card is about to disappear. And, like, the round just ended. And, oh, a carousel's coming up. It's, it's constant. So you can't. It's a, it's a very tricky game. <laughs> all right enough about tft um unless like you're really interested uh hit us up on twitter at twitter slash or at our riders esports if you want to hear more about tft maybe maybe you wanted to hear more all right guys tell me about cooking mama no idea what the heck is going on with this somebody enlighten me let me, let me go find the actual i want to be enlightened drama about this sweet sweet juicy drama yes all right so office create the company that created cooking mama first place um licensed the game out to the name of the studio planet entertainment llc okay planet, they yes so they licensed the game out to them to develop the game uh, or license the series to them to develop a new game and told them that they could release the game on the condition that it was up to their creative standards. Oh, oh for context, IGN reviewed this game and gave it a three. <laughs> I think it's sitting at a four on Metacritic. It, for, for even more context, Cooking Mama is a beloved franchise. Yes. <laughs> love that. Um, love it came out, came out on the Wii, I think, or, or the GameCube. I think it's the Wii. Um, and it was wildly popular until they made the jump to mobile like a few years ago. And they haven't looked back since. Right. I think it was the Wii. Yeah, it's, so, yeah. 
it's 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 people really like Cooking Mama, and people were very excited about this game. And so, what's interesting is now there's this fight between the original creator of and Planet Entertainment, because Planet Entertainment thinks that the game is fine, and they released the game anyway, despite Office Create telling them not to do so. Right? They said it's a breach of contract if you release this game without our consent. Mm-hmm. And so Office Create went to Nintendo and had Nintendo take the game down the eShop. And the game was also removed from physical stores. Now the consumer did not know this. So for the consumer, it was just really odd that it came out one day. A very small amount of people got copies and the game disappeared. Yep. That does sound strange. Now, now my, my curiosity immediately goes to the people who got the game. Have we heard reviews? Have we, have we heard conversations about how the game is? Yeah, well, apparently so, the game is garbage. Go ahead. So, so what happened is the people that did get the game, it started, it was so poorly optimized that their switches started overheating. So immediately yes. they're like, what the hell is going on with this game? And so they go to the website and they go to the press release for the game. And in there, they find that the developer says something about um, blockchain technology. And so the the immediate assumption is that the game is using the Switch to mine for cryptocurrencies. And I don't know if you guys remember, but like I think it was a week ago, every single Discord sent out an announcement saying that you shouldn't buy Cooking Mama and you shouldn't play it because it's using your Switch to to uh to mine cryptocurrencies i didn't see that but wow (laughs) also like okay i don't i'm not like obviously when it comes to tech specs and understanding these things i'm probably the least educated in this podcast but to my understanding a switch would struggle a switch would struggle (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, the funniest part of this thing is that it didn't actually mine for cryptocurrencies. The, the developer, uh, the marketing people, I I think the boss even said like, we need something to hook people other than just cooking mama. So let's throw in a buzzword and that buzzword is going to be, uh, blockchain technology to attract people without knowing what it meant. And so it's just this random buzzword that they have on there. And that just created this whole drama about the game being like malware pretty much. Incredible. Well, uh, I didn't download it. So there's that. Um, Yeah, I don't, this is, so does anybody know why it's actually overheating switches? Because poor optimization. It's just badly developed. It's just a bad game. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks because I think that means we're just not not going to see another Cooking Mama in years, if ever. <laughs> Dang. I'm yeah. sorry for those of you who like this game. It's, <laughs> it's always depressing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's It reminds me of... Uh, it's always depressing when a, I guess when a publisher gives a game one last chance, right? And then they release a garbage game just to kill it. As in Star Fox Zero, you know? 
it's very tragic when that happens. Okay, I can. I I didn't play Star Fox Zero, but I can at least relate to the fact that I miss Star Fox. Yeah, I miss Star Fox too. Where, Star Fox. Where did it go? Speaking of Star Fox, um, the voice actor for Peppy died. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that is terrible. A lot of people. And Andros, apparently. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Andros. Yeah. Uh, hats yeah. off to Peppy. Uh, what is the little uh, blah 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 blah? Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I remember. Right. I remember like Star Fox sixty four, and, and that's, that's that's at least all I got was blah blah. That's blah. a difference in ages, I think, because I remember him with a voice. Oh, he actually yeah. spoke. Do a barrel yeah. roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Sure. They spoke. <laughs> they said things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right. <laughs> well, anything else for, for cooking mama? No, that's it. It's just, you know, this is what counts for news these days. Drama. I mean, that's Anymore. a pretty, it's a pretty decent it thing pretty, to bring up. Uh, I'd be pretty mad if I, especially if I downloaded a game, it broke my switch. And then I went online to find what was going on and the game was gone. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> 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 This is this is I'd I'd be like what what kind of conspiracy theory could I cook <laughs> up to figure out why somebody broke my switch during quarantine <laughs> with a game that doesn't exist? Right? It's funny because the switches that have that game downloaded might be worth more money in the future. Yeah, because it's super rare. Yeah, they're still trying to sell the game through their personal website or their business website. Oh, really? Which is yes, I, this is a legal battle. This is happening. They, Damn. they want this game to come out. I guess they probably want to try and make a lot of money. Yeah. It's so, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, on the other side of the spectrum, Valorant has come out swinging. Oh, and it yeah. hasn't let up. It has not let up, folks. If you think it has, you're wrong. They've announced that they've been in contact with over 100 esports organizations to discuss the development of the esports league, uh, mm -hmm. which makes me think that they are going to begin with franchising. Well, yeah, they also announced that they're not doing any franchising until like 2021. Yeah, well, I mean, but I don't think they're going to even start the league until 2021. So hopefully, yeah, they, no. like we said, hopefully they give it at least a season. You just need to se you need a season of ranked. Yeah, no, they're doing third parties, third party tournaments for a year at the very least. That's what they said. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I've seen a lot of, you know, colleges are starting to try out. There's college tournaments. There's that Hundred Thieves uh, Invitational that came out and was, oh my oh, God. There's so many invitationals happening. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it. the thing is though, the thing that kind of frustrates me um, is how it seems like everybody is already thinking that like, okay, Counter-Strike pros who are moving over to Valorant are going to be the pros in Valorant. And everyone's mm -hmm. expecting that so much that people are already getting offers. People like, and it's, Interesting. It, yeah, it doesn't, it, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it at all. Um, I think it's, you got to give it a little bit of time because it's not the same game. Um, and they're treating it like anybody who played Counter-Strike professionally should just be able to be a Valorant pro. Those are going to be the best players, and that's all there is to it. 
Well, we I, shall see. I hate that. Um, but I've gotten to play the game. I have spent time playing the game. Caesar, have you spent time playing the game? Yes. Uh, I got my key 20 minutes after we finished recording the last podcast, which is very hilarious. I'll, I'll um, kill you. So I've been playing a little bit, not too much. So I, I've played it quite a bit, even though I just got my key on my account. I had a, I was borrowing an account. I've probably played 30 games-ish. I have an opinion. Daniel still has not played the game. Still has not played? <laughs> Wait, have you not? No, I haven't played. I haven't got a key. Just oh, you know. Okay. You haven't got a key. Shorter play the game a little bit. Yeah. Shorter has played, and they have lamented about how bad they are at what they call Counter-Strike style games where you die in an instant. Yeah, the TTK. Yeah. I get that. So... Okay, we could start talking about that. Caesar, how do you feel about the TTK and the gunplay? I like the gunplay. I don't like the TTK. Um, mostly because I'm bad. <laughs> well, um, it's it's hard to get used to a system where you have to stop moving when you're shooting when pretty much every single other game is the opposite. Uh, at least every single other game that I played competitively. Whether it's Overwatch, uh, Call of Duty, Halo, all the, all those games, it's it's quite different from this. Um, I'm really bad at aiming in this game, and that's very apparent. But other than that, I like it. It's fun. The guns feel really nice. I, I love the Guardian. It's my favorite gun. Okay. Um, the abilities seem all right. My favorite hero is unfortunately very bad. I like Viper a lot, but she's not that good. Yeah, Viper is kind of lower on the tier, in my opinion. Some I, I, I some abilities feel a little bit too much, I would say. <laughs> okay, let's talk um, about Rays. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let me add on to that a little bit. So, my my problem with the game comes from pretty much the same things you said. Like, I love how the guns feel, and the shooting feels crisp, and it feels good until I get shot. Um, mm -hmm. and the reason for that is I'll be holding an angle and a guy will whip around the angle running and full auto me in the head. And I'm trying to figure out, like, if I do that, my bullets are 15 meters away from each other on every wall possible. I haven't come yep. anywhere near hitting you. I will stop dead on in a strafe and put my cursor directly underneath your head on your neck perfect alignment and hold for a four shot burst and hit you for 35 damage but while you're running you will spray and catch me in the head and i'll die and it seems like this happens to me a lot which means one of three things one i am mysteriously lagging and i don't know it i don't think that's the case uh -huh. two I am an incredibly unlucky player. I don't think that's the case. Three, I suck. So I'm leaning towards three that I just that I'm just bad and I just suck. That has to be the reality of the situation, but I can't figure out why. I just can't my aim is good. My mechanics are solid. I understand the game. I hold strong angles. So I can't figure out why I suck. And that for me. 
um, is one of the most frustrating parts of the game because I can't remember the last time I played a game where I sucked and didn't know why. I suck plenty yeah. at plenty of games, but I usually know why. I know why I'm bad at this game. At this point in time, I don't exactly know why I'm good. At, I'm bad at Valorant. Um, but on the upside, at least there's the Bucky uh, to keep me in the running. <laughs> I like this shotgun. I like this shotgun. I like it a lot, um, and it works well with me. I also really like the abilities on the recon characters. So Cypher is amazing, and I love that character so much. I love everything about that character. So that yeah, helps me a cool. lot. How, how many maps are there? Is it two? There's three out right now. So there's okay. Bind, which is the A and B map that's, um, you know, it's got two. It's a smaller kind of map. Um, the attackers spawn in like a little desert area um, and the defenders spawn in a little urban area. Uh, and you have teleporters that bring you between the two okay, um, maps. That map feels a little bit unbalanced. Uh, I guess I don't, I think that there's strengths and weaknesses to both sides. It does feel a little defender heavy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's like extra bad, but it does feel like a little bit tuning is needed. I think you just really have to, I think that my experience with the game is that people have no freaking idea how to use their abilities. Oh, oh dude. Yeah. I don't know how to use most of my abilities. I don't care. Oh, well, I mean, most people, well, you have to realize like most people are just going to play this game for like three rounds and never play it again. And you're probably going to get at least one of those in your games. Yeah, I guess that's true. I know a lot of people are just thinking of it like Counter-Strike. And so they're like gunplay. I'm going to yeah. get a gun. I'm going to shoot people. Bang, bang, I shoot. And it's amazing to me. But like, that's not how the game is built, right? These characters have abilities and they work really well together. The cohesive capabilities of your characters based on the map is super neat and strong. You can do some really crazy setups. You can put a camera in a weird position from Cypher to be able to get you a complete view of what's happening at a certain angle and Jet can hide up high on something so that the only way that the person can get to them is if they turn a very specific angle and Cypher can feed the information to the Jet so that the Jet can make the play. Hey, that guy is not looking at you or hey, he's looking right at you. He's about to turn the corner and look right at you. Right, You can force uneven situations by using Sova, by making sure that you have recon in a certain area. You can smoke certain areas so that you can play hard to one angle. You can wall off certain. There's just so much you can do to change the way the game is played. And people don't do it. They're just like, you just run in there and shoot. Rambo. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a little depressing. It's just a I get it. It's it's not my game. I'll say that. And and I knew this from the start. I knew this from from the trailer and like everything that was coming out. I don't I don't enjoy it that much. Like I, I'll have fun if I play with if I play with friends. And I've heard this echoed a lot. Like playing with five people is the optimal experience. It's a true it's a true sport. I, yeah, I mean they, but, they made a true sport. This is a five-man game. It is okay to play by yourself, but it is definitely eons better when you play with people who want to communicate and work mm -hmm. together, use their skills together. Like, 
it's a game about trying to play it right. And the yep. closer you get to playing the game right, the more enjoyable the experience is. But that's my that's my issue with Overwatch too. Like sometimes I just want to play and be be dumb and just like not do like not have to worry about callouts and positioning, like just have fun, right? And it feels like it's not as enjoyable if I don't if I don't do that. So oh sure, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely gonna keep a close eye on the esports. I think as an esport as as a spectator sport uh, i'm gonna enjoy it it's gonna be really really fun oh yeah but I, I don't know if I, i'm not gonna be playing this game for like 20 hours every week for sure i i agree completely i think they made this game with the idea of making an esport they made it into a technical game a sport and they did a good job and i think that's what it's going to turn into i agree with you completely um it doesn't like it's not like counter-strike because i can't jump in a game with like 20 people Mm-hmm. At least in Counter-Strike, I could jump into a big server and do a bunch of screwball stuff. I will be very interested to see if they release the ability to make mods. If you can oh. mod this game, they may be able to bring about a fun part of the game like where people just like to play. But right now, I see this game as like competitive only. You are here to compete. You are here to try. And if you are not here to try, you're not going to have a good time. There's nothing about the game that's like, you can't really screw around with the game that much. I I, I was playing a match the other day, and it was me and two friends and two randos. Uh, And and my friends and I were just playing, like, it it was one of them's first time playing, like, the other one's second time. And it was, like, my fifth match ever. Uh, So we just picked new heroes and, like, started, like, just having fun. And... One of her teammates was silent. The other guy was talking as if he knew everything about the game. And he was like, he was like it, it, second guessing everything we did. Like, oh, oh, Jet, why didn't you go here? Why didn't you go B? And like talking like he knew everything about the game. And I was like, damn, this guy's this guy must be good. And then I look at the score and this guy's like bottom three track. and twenty. And I'm like, holy. <laughs> it just oh, that's and then now that, that, that I realized that that's that's how the game is going to be in a month. You know, it's going to be you trying to play the game, trying to like discover a new hero or like just have fun. And then people just talking trash and being like, you don't know what you're doing. You should be doing this, do this instead. And I don't, I don't want to do that. See, that's so there's two parts to this. I'm going to, I'm going to break this into two parts. Mm -hmm. The first one is the team aspect. I think it's fine to preemptively say that stuff. Like, Hey, jet, Go do X, Y, and Z. That's preemptive, right? That's, preemptive, that's yeah. Preemptively, yeah. Then there's what happened to me multiple times while we were playing with Rough Riders, right? Which was mm-hmm. I've killed two people or one person. I'm the last person left alive on my team. It is just mm-hmm. me. There are two enemies. I am defending a, a, a bomb site, essentially. Shut up. Please. Yep. Please stop talking to me unless you have a very, very good piece of information. Like you are watching me play and I have missed him. Like I walked right past him and he was on my screen and I didn't notice him. And you saw him and you tell me like he was in U-Haul. You missed him in U-Haul, right? Thank you. That's excellent information for you to feed me as somebody spectating me play. Do not tell me what to do, right? Because I am already 
trying to process a ton of information. Mm -hmm. Like I probably know, I have an idea of where they are. I have an idea of how to play it and how to use my skills. And I do this too. I am also, um, like, I'm not just like a victim of this. I'm a suspect, right? Like I do this too, but I'm trying to work on this specifically when it's in a clutch moment like that. If it's still a three on three and you're trying to feed some information, that's whatever. But when it's one person left alive, like you just need to let them play the game because it's as hard as it is to play the game in that situation. It becomes so much harder when people are barking different things at you. Yeah. And yeah, it was awful. That's all. I mean, it's just, it's just awful. This game definitely has a lot of room for awfulness. Yeah. I am I am nervous about the toxicity level of the game. Yeah, it's going to get worse in a month's time when like the people who are just checking it out stop playing and then it's only like the tryhards tend on and like being hardcore fans. I'm going to go pro, guys. <laughs> oh going to go pro. I've been playing this game for 3 days and I can already tell I'm going to go pro. Um <laughs> I have the I you I don't know have you played any games where you've seen like the dramatic difference between skill levels? Oh yeah, where there's this one guy who has like 30 kills and two deaths. Oh yeah. It's absurd. Yeah, yeah. It's absurd. And there's definitely and, ghost matchmaking, right? There's skill yeah. disparity in ghost matchmaking in this game. So you do get matched up with people who are at least semi around your skill level. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is at current, you're doing that by a team, right? It's not like it's looking for 10 people your skill level. It's putting you with a team that equals a similar skill level to the other team, which can just be wildly out of sync. So you have one person that just carries the entire, this is a carry game. One person can kill everyone on your team. Yep. Uh, and yeah, so that's happened a lot. It's, it's a very uncomfortable. I am not that guy. No, I do wish the like, TTK was a little higher, like a, just a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. A little bit longer. Just a, just like maybe two shots to the head, right? Like just give me two shots to the head with the Vandal instead of one. Just just a tiny bit. Um, ah, oh, well. Daniel, do you have any questions about Valorant? No, not necessarily. I'm just glad you guys are having fun with it. Um so you I think mean, it's going to be a long-term thing for you? No. Well, we can talk about that more later. But no, I, I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing for me strictly because uh, I'm never going to be good at this game. Okay. That's just all there is to it. It's at, at current, it is completely a mechanical game. Like I'm pretty good with the skills and the abilities. And I can use them to give myself an advantage. But even with that advantage, I still lose to good players. Because they just, I turn a corner, before I even turn a corner, they just know I'm turning the corner and they shoot me in the head head through the wall. Like their game sense is so high and their knowledge of where it needs to go and then their ability to flick shot the corner. Like I'm just, I'm getting into positions where I'm in, I, I shouldn't lose this. I shouldn't lose this. And I get shot in the head immediately and die. Um, it's and it happens like I, I wish I could say like yeah it happens like once or twice a game no it happens like four or five times a side so like ten times a game um, and out of a game that plays a maximum of twenty five rounds like that's just a lot. I'm looking forward to the Rough Riders 
uh, in-house 10-mans. Those, those are going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the game is great when you're playing with a team. But the problem is a lot of people don't want to, even, even when I play with a team, they still don't want to play as a team. Yeah. Like, they want to kind of communicate and talk about stuff, but they don't, they don't want to, like, use their abilities properly. I do really like playing with Josh for that reason, right, is because we'll talk about, like, what we're going to smoke and how we're going to move and then play with that strength. Um, but even the problem is with the TTK as low as it is, you can smoke an area off and somebody can full auto through the smoke and just hit you in the head and kill you. Um, which I get it is, is like realistic, right? Like obviously if a person is just blind shooting an AK 47 through a bunch of smoke and you get shot, you're probably going to die, right? Like, (laughs) so I get the realistic aspect of it. Um, yeah. How do the kids like it? They like it. Most of them. Most. Yeah, most of them are pretty interested in it. They think it's a dope game. Uh, yeah. I can't speak for all of them, but. All right. Anything else about Valorant? Get on to our last little topic. Yeah, that's pretty much it by me. So the LCS is still on ESPN. Um, next broadcast for the third place match is on the 18th. The nineteenth, that's the championship match for the LCS. Uh, who's who's remaining? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know FlyQuest played TSM on the twelfth. Um, uh, I think FlyQuest won. Um, let me see if I can find the LCS spring split. It's just, you probably can show up on Google, right? I'm just trying to find out they're giving out awards. Like everything I find is about the awards. They're like, look at these awards. The LCS all pro team. It's just cloud nine. Oh, so <laughs> first place. First place is Cloud9, second Evil Geniuses, third is 100 Thieves, and fourth is FlyQuest. Those are the standings right now. Okay, so then FlyQuest and 100 Thieves, it sounds like, will play um, tomorrow, and then Cloud9 and Evil Geniuses will play the next day. This is amazing, though. The the LCS All-Pro team for 2020 Spring Split is literally Cloud9. Like, like it's it's the All-Pro team, so it's from all of the teams combined, right, to, like... What is what would this best? What would the best team be that we could make by combining players from all of the teams? And the people who won were just Cloud Nine. <laughs> so it's just the team, which is ridiculous. Um, if you take the time to think about it, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. All right. So tomorrow we will get, or the eighteenth we will get. Um, what sounds like? F- what did you say? Was it FlyQuest and Hundred Thieves? Um, no, so I think FlyQuest and Cloud9 are playing. That's oh, the semifinals. Well, the so the third place game should happen next. You may be looking at some old oh, stuff. Oh, third know. place is um. Wait, I'm confused. Let me take a look. Yeah, yeah so this... those so this is old, right? Those were the the LCS standings prior to playoffs. 
So Cloud9 oh, okay. smoked so, Hundred Thieves. FlyQuest beat Golden Guardians. Cloud9 beat Evil Geniuses. Yeah. Evil yeah. Geniuses beat FlyQuest. TSM beat Hundred Thieves, and then FlyQuest beat TSM um, in the quarterfinals. FlyQuest beat TSM, and Cloud9 beat Evil Geniuses. So what we've got coming up is Evil Geniuses playing TSM for third place, and Cloud9 playing FlyQuest, I believe, for um, for first. Wait, but that makes no sense. Why would he call it quarterfinals? Yeah, that I, that's what I'm saying. It's super confusing. I don't know what's going on with this website. Oh, I see what's up. Okay, I I get it. I get it. I know what's happening. I know what's happening. So FlyQuest will play Evil Geniuses, um, and then FlyQuest will play Cloud Nine, or the well, the winner of that game will play Cloud Nine for the finals. Um, I guess Evil Geniuses, the the loser will get third place. So they're not doing it like a breakoff, where they play and then you have two teams playing for third. This is just the third place game. Oh, so I see. And then I don't know why ESPN calls it a third place game, which is literally what they call it, the third place matchup. Yeah, right? it makes it sound like yes, it's a third finals already happened, and they're exactly third and fourth are playing. It's I see terrible, terrible. That's terrible a very confusing system. Literally, just call it semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like, semi-finals matchup april 18th like that's it semi-finals like we have a name for this you guys made it it came from sports i don't <laughs> Woo. all right espn um but there's been some complaints right about mm-hmm. about espn why because the stream has been dumbed down apparently that's what we yeah hear. do you want to read off this tweet sure so monte cristo <clears throat> said, while I respect Riot's desire to cash in for the ESPN money, I wish they had made an alternate broadcast for television. Dumbing down the commentary for the most important matches of the split is really bumming me out. This is where you should provide the most nuanced analysis. I say this as someone who is bummed out that I had to dumb down my commentary for TV on a weekly basis. Please just make a pleb broadcast that doesn't make the game less enjoyable for core fans. I can't speak on this because I haven't been watching ESPN broadcasts of the LCS this year. But yeah, I say that again. It's very condescending the way that he said it. I agree. Well, that's that's his whole persona, and it's very it's very annoying. (laughs) I have so much I could say about that. Um, I, I was mostly with him until he called the other the pleb broadcast like well i have my i feel this way about 95 percent of the talent in esports Mm -hmm. the exact same way like this condescending attitude i don't know what it is that causes somebody to be in the right place at the right time to have developed their brand to get themselves to this situation where they're a caster where their talent and you know, it's like, yeah, you're talent, but you're not a player, right? You're you're not yourself like the tip top of the professional echelon. You're just a piece of talent, and you get to a point where you just feel like you're better than everyone. Yep. And it resonates throughout the entire esports community. Unfortunately, like the esports community responds to it. It does. Oh yeah. It's that, very unfortunate. I'm you know, so do you guys know who Calgar is? No. Uh, okay, so let me see if I can... Well, well um, also, to be fair, not all of them are like this. Like, yeah, there's a lot of them 
that have inflated egos, but not all of them. Not all of the talent, at least. So I think it's Calgar. I don't. I'm trying to find. Oh, why can't I find him? So. I don't, I don't, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated right now. There was a, a person, a talent, a piece of talent from uh, uh, Heroes of the Storm. I want to say his name was Calgar, um, but he was awesome. He was just so cool because he was so friendly and nice and he was such a good caster and he was out there just communicating with people and playing with people and like just, just a great talent. And of course he was mainly for Heroes of the Storm, which means that he didn't really get the same kind of opportunities as a lot of other people got, which is depressing. But I, I just wish there were more people like that. There's a few. Um, for Overwatch, I would say mo actually most of them are like super friendly and super nice. The ones that weren't uh, didn't get renewed. And one of them is actually Monty. Um, I've actually played, I actually played Valorant with some of the Overwatch casters like last week. And they're just super nice. They, they, I, I like the community engagement they do, but I agree. Some, some, some of the older blood in esports, the ones that have been there and and they've been here for for a while. Those those guys can be a mouthful sometimes. They can just say some stuff. Yep. So this and they're is... so ingrained that it's hard for it's hard to call them out for it. This is his name is Caldor. And I yep. guess he comes from StarCraft. Okay. So he was a StarCraft caster and then moved to Heroes of the Storm, right? He did HGC stuff. But this guy's awesome. Like, and I feel the same way you do. Like, they can just, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, shut up. Just, just, <laughs> just shut up. Your, yeah. your opinion is not that valuable like stop making yourself feel like you're so much better than everyone else who plays the game we all have opinions and most of us have played just as much as you have yeah we're not casting for the pros but there are plenty of people out there who are watching the pro games who are better players than you and understand the game just as much so i i i appreciate why you're casting i appreciate your talent i appreciate these things but stop acting like you're the I guess the end all, right? And it it happens from a lot of people. And for money, for Monty specifically, it's like, dude, you can't you can't be the end all for all games. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, this guy literally will be like, no, 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 no. You guys have to understand. I know every game, every single <laughs> one. If it's a game, I can cast it. I'm the best. I'm the talent. I know what's going on with the game. You follow me because I am the best. Uh, and you suck. I don't. I don't really think he's quite that far off. So I'll, I'll back that up. But it. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just. <laughs> um, like to this point though, what do you guys think? Like, should there be two separate broadcasts? Is that a good idea, or should the single broadcast be inclusive enough so that people that don't know the game as as much understand what's happening on screen, as well as giving nuanced uh, explanations about what's happening for the higher uh more knowledgeable players it's it's kind of rough um yeah. because on one hand i can definitely see the argument that people who don't understand the game but maybe interested 
would benefit from something like that. And I wouldn't want to leave them out. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, there's a lot of people who have been watching for a long time. And so you think that, you know, I can understand those people's annoyance at maybe the casting dropping quality in their, in their review. I don't know. I guess I guess the dual approach might work. I don't I assume I don't know how expensive it will be to do. Oh yeah, that's that's so another question. I uh I have a very strong opinion about okay. this. As somebody who's been a part of the League of Legends community for eight plus years, who's watched plenty of tournaments, plenty of series, plenty of worlds, has played the game competitively, has coached it. This is my question to you guys, right? And you can think about any game you want. If it's a game that you're super serious about, right? Mm-hmm. Name a game you guys are super serious about, each of you, that you can watch. I, I have a perfect example, but Daniel can go ahead. That I can watch? I guess I don't know, Gears. I guess. All right, so Gears of War, Caesar? Sure. It's Smash, obviously. Okay, so Smash, obviously. all right. So... I'll use League for my own, right? Here's the thing. I don't need you to give me nuanced discussion about what's happening in the game because I already know. <laughs> that is true. I'm The core hardy, the person who's really been watching and, and been following and plays the game, they know. Ooh, they, do they, though? They know. Is that the case for, like, that's interesting, dude, because, like, what's casting like for football? Well, so, okay, and that, that's a great example, right? Here's the thing. Things are happening in the game that I can't necessarily see, right? Because there's too much going on, No, even in league and in football, right? right? The camera's following something, and occasionally the, the commentator will pull back and go, hey, take a look at this. Look at what happened here. This wasn't on this, but this was like a, like a critical block, right? You didn't really notice it, right? You knew what was going on, but you didn't notice the block because your eye was on the ball. Right. Mm -hmm. So for instance, when a commentator goes, Hey, look at what this guy was doing. Right. Yeah. There was a team fight, a five V four team fight in the top lane. And while that was happening, this person was able to take this bottom tier two tower, right. Teleport to top lane and clean up. Right. So that's great. I didn't see that. And you were able to give me that. That's fantastic. That's what you should be doing is commentating, but commentating that properly should be able to reach the lowest level of audience member. You, you shouldn't need that to own. How do you explain that to the highest level of audience member? You say, oh, see what he did. <laughs> Hold on. Let me uh, get my cheese and my caviar. Like, how do you, how do you snoot that up so much that you can't explain it to somebody who hasn't been watching the game? Right. Well, like, I'm thinking less about the people at the top and the people at the bottom, more so about the average person. But that's what I mean. The average person should still be able to follow and understand what's happening as long as you show it to them. And if you preach it to the lowest common denominator, it's not like you have to explain it out. Like, okay, what he did was he used teleport. Now, teleport was selected at the beginning of the game as a summer. If that's what they're doing, that's not dumbing it down. That's like, like you need to explain that at the beginning of the game. Right. And if mm-hmm. you take a couple seconds to explain that at the beginning of the game and a middle or top level player is like, oh, my God, they're talking to me about teleport. Shut up and talk to your friends. Like you don't have to be staring at the screen during the time where they're explaining what a summoner skill is. 
you can allow for that stuff. Like it's not like every football fan is sitting there staring at the screen during the pre the pregame going, Oh my God, is he going to explain to me what a quarterback does? Right? Like they don't do that. But when I'm play, when I'm watching this game, right? If I'm going to watch this game, I should be able at the bottom level to have, to understand what you're talking about when you tell me about like a late teleport or when you talk to me about like a split push, right? Hey, this person is split pushing. They're away from the team splitting, right? They're mm-hmm. away from the team pushing and taking objectives by themselves. That's a split push. It takes me a half a second. If a middle or high level player is worried about me bringing that to the attention of a lower level audience member, screw them. That's my, that's my opinion. <laughs> I, I honestly think that smash commentary is one of the best commentaries out there. And I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but I think that the, <clears throat> I think that the mix of levity, like uh, narration, and, and this is a point that I want to bring up in, in Spanish when you're um, like for soccer, you, you don't call it the, the translation for, for commentary per se is not commentary. It's narration, right? Cause you're not commentating. You're, you're relating what is happening on, not, not on screen, but what's happening on the field so that people who don't know, or like who can't watch know what's happening exactly. So I think smash has a really good balance between telling people what's going on, right? Like, Oh, they use this move. They use this move, but also at the same time, cracking jokes about the game or the players or whatever, um, explaining a little bit about like the thought process behind each of those actions and, and why the commentators think. And it's just like, it's just a fun commentary. And I feel like that's something that's not a, and it's also good for, if you just explain what's happening, it's also good for people who, who are like tuning in for the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. But it being fun also makes it, or like it being, it being full of jokes and like, people cracking up also makes it more entertaining. It's, it's more about just the game. So I feel like I like that. I I don't, I don't need my game commentary to be super technical. I like, I don't need the casters to be speaking about every little intricate detail of the game and like tech and percentages and like combos and all that. Cause that's, that's kind of boring. Yeah. I, uh, I think that, you're right because of the community behind it. Um, I think if you had a technical commentary that was just strictly technical in smash that nobody would care to watch it. Um, that being said though, I would say that most smashers I've been around are, (laughs) they're, they're very interested in sitting down and watching smash. Um, but anything that isn't part of what they really are interested in is like tuned out immediately. Like I, I sure. don't care at all about anything else. Um, and so I think that that fits very well with that community. I know for myself, somebody who watches smash and doesn't necessarily know what's going on. It's very difficult to follow commentary. Oh man, hmm. that bear to air to, to fair to, to drop. To, like, I mean, it's, Everything is, you know, and I get what they're saying now because I've put some time in, but there's almost no explanation for the layman, um, which I guess doesn't really matter. And it would probably be impossible to do. 
it's too right. fast, right? There's no way you could be like, oh, the short hop, and then you you know fast fall yeah, to to the to the tech, and so they try to point out the most important pieces, right? Like, oh my god, that beautiful tech or that great spot dodge to the grab, um, which is just, I mean, it's cool. And you can follow it because it's a fighting game, right? So, I mean, even if you don't know exactly what's going on, you pretty much know what's going on. Mm -hmm. That guy beat the crap out of that guy. I saw that. Um, see, I f but I feel the same way for Gears when not like this, but like, Daniel, you brought up Gears, right? As like, Gears is the, the thing I could watch. Like, do you really feel like there has to be some high level of commentary versus some low level of commentary? No. I mean, no, not at all. Uh, I think that it would be very difficult to... Gears is weird. There's a lot of like trick shots and things like that that I think would be actually kind of difficult to commentate on without confusing people. So if you don't know what's going on, high level commentary I don't think would help you. See, but that's... Okay, so... And I've got the answer to that, right? And that is breaks right that is the point of having breaks between rounds so you don't just go round and around and around and around, you know what i mean because right. if somebody does a really cool trick shot break that shit down mm. put a break between you know give me a minute between rounds right where we can go this is why they won that last round let's show you what they did right so they did x and then y and then z and it looks like this but it's really complicated because they did the following, right? And you teach them right. about that, right? Like you could do the same thing in Smash, right? Like between two people playing, you could go over what somebody just did, right? Like a wave dash or a wave bounce or whatever it's called, right? Or like going over like how the person tech to spot dodge to grab to throw to, to like smash. I don't know what they call it, like spike, right? To like spike somebody. Yeah. To be able to go over that combo for a second and explain like how difficult or how professional that was would be really neat. But it's not something you can do mid-game. And that's the same thing with League. You can't mid-game just break down how something happened, but you can touch on it for a second so everybody is aware that it happened. Like, hey, if you notice this person did this and it was huge. Right? Like, uh, okay, we'll use an example of a bard, right? So Caesar, maybe don't know enough about the game, but bard has an ultimate. Mm -hmm. And his ultimate works as an immunity in a certain area of effect. And when he throws it and it hits that area of effect, everyone in that area, and when I say everyone, I actually mean everything. Monsters, minions, anything in that area um, becomes immune to everything, but also frozen for a certain amount of time. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm hmm. So a bard using this skill might confuse people who don't know the game. Also a good bard using this skill properly can mean the difference between winning and losing a fight, stealing a Baron, all sorts of crazy stuff. Right. But it would take me maybe 10 seconds to break down the fact that a bard did something really, really cool with his ultimate. Literally 10 seconds to be like, and as you see the bard through his ultimate, freezing the entire enemy team, giving the Sejuani just enough time to jump in and steal the Baron. Right? right? 
And it takes one small replay to be able to point out that the support unit was actually who did something good and not the Sejuani, right? Where it makes it seem like the Sejuani steals the Baron and everything's happening so fast that you're like, wow, that jungle was really good. But you're able to point out, hey, but the Bard is who really who did something good here. If you're not watching the game normally and you're new to the game, that little bit of breakdown is dumbing it down. That's making the game accessible to lower level players. If you've played the game, you know. You know that the Bard was the one who made the play, despite the fact that Sejuani's the one who pops up and it says Baron, stolen by the enemy, right? Like, you know that the Bard is the one who made the play. So really, does that make a big difference? Does that really, does it, does it, am I? Am I, am I screaming into the wind? I don't know. No, I can, I can, I can see it. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the 18th. I'm going to watch the game on the 18th <laughs> because I want to know. I want to see what Monte Cristo is talking about as dumbing down ESPN. Additionally, yes. saying the thing that frustrates me the most about this is I respect Riot's desire to cash in for the ESPN money. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Like what? That's the <laughs> bro. If your mindset as an esports yeah. talent is, oh, well, they're in it for the money. They just put your sport on ESPN. It's on television. It's live. It's a live broadcast on television. That's big. You should be happy for your game. Mm -hmm. Like, it blows my mind that he would be so reductive to just talk about the cash grab. I'm sure it wasn't them. That, I'm sure it was ESPN that came to them and were like, hey, you know, we have this open time. There's not a whole lot going on with sports. Would you like to provide us some content? And they're like, yeah, well, we have LCS going on right now. I'm like, oh, great. Well, we'll show it, right? Like everyone should be excited by this. Um, of course, most people are probably still watching it on Twitch or wherever it's being shown online. So it really doesn't matter that much. Um, I don't even have cable, so I can't. I can't even watch it on ESPN. <laughs> Same. Yeah, me either. It's like, whoa. So. No, many people with cable at all. At least my age. Well, I know Wynn was watching it. I know my buddy made a Facebook post saying, I'm over here watching ESPN and I got League of Legends, the LCS on ESPN. What a day to be alive. So. <laughs> there's people out there watching it. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't really have too much else to say about that. Do you guys? No, me neither. All right. Well, that's it for episode 15. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Uh, practice smart social distancing. I will say this to wrap us up, actually. We are on the back end of the curve if anybody's been paying attention so our united states daily cases have begun to decrease uh we're at what's called the stall or the stagnation at the top of a bell curve um, it's very unlikely that we go back up as long as we continue doing what we're doing however the back end of the curve might be a little bit longer so essentially if we really started the curve around March 3rd, which is when people predict like the first cases really started showing up, um, that somewhere instead of it being March 3rd to like 
April 12th, which was the tip of the, the stagnation. And then it'll take us that long to get out of the statistical curve. Um, mm-hmm. It'll probably be a little longer on the back end, right? So our statistical curve will take a little bit longer. But on the upside, that should mean that since March 3rd to April 16th being today, we probably shouldn't see too much more than that same distance on the other side, which means sometime in June, probably all of this will kind of be wrapped up, right? What we may see social distancing get released a little bit earlier than that, but kind of what we're seeing as opposed to like on the idea of like the disease sort of being very prevalent in the United States should kind of drop off uh, in the next month. So hopefully that brings some calm or some kind of realization that things are coming to an end to, you know, one of our many, many listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's it, I guess. Um, Cool. Uh, Yeah. From us here, episode 15, Laggy Podcast, Life Around Gaming and Esports Podcast. We are Rough Riders Esports. I'm Rafe. Uh, We're here with Caesar and Daniel. We'll see you later. Later. See you.